Good evening, good evening, and welcome everyone to the Big Gold Bell Podcast. Man, I mean, wrestling never takes a day off, even though we should. We have a star-studded conversational topic for you tonight. You got three amigos up in the building. Respect to Eddie Guerrero. And uh, it's going to be a rip-roaring success, y'all. Let's get into it. Big Gold Bell Podcast coming up now. Thursday, everyone, and happy wrestling week to you all. It is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Myself, Damian G, in the right-hand corner. In the middle, we got the giant crab, Jamal, and to the left of him, heel, Will, Mahoney, the nuclear heat of the group. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Whew. An eventful week, as always. I mean, it seems like every week we have to say the same thing. There's always something happening. There's always some drama unfolding, and this week is like every other week. There's always drama. Always. And it's not even about Ric Flair. Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, also, the Mets win in 10 innings, and I couldn't be happier. So uh, let's go, Mets. Jamal took that from me. I was going to say that. <laughs> Congrats to the Mets, and uh, good luck, Max Serger, out four to six weeks with an oblique injury. Yikes. Six to eight weeks. Oh, crap. It's six to eight. Okay, that's even worse for us Mets fans. I'm sorry, y'all, but uh, keep, the li- keep the lie alive, as I've been telling my my brother but uh we're not a wrestling we're not a wrestling podcast by accident so <laughs> rick flair wrestling no i'm just playing just playing sorry 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 <laughs> we're uh, not gonna talk about flair versus the grim reaper <laughs> <laughs> uh wrestling ricky the dragon steamboat supposedly but no the big story everyone is you know we we talk about wrestling unions a lot we talk about walkouts remember that one group in wwe the union that lasted about two weeks that were disgruntled workers and then they threatened to walk out of WWF. Well, that actually happened. <laughs> but there was no Ken Shamrock or Mick Foley to be found. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on which side of the coin you're on, this occurred with Sasha Banks and Naomi, your WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, who pretty much got thrown together right before WrestleMania again as a tag team, harkening uh, back to their days as Team Bad. They won the titles, defended them, uh, beat Rhea as well as Liv before the heel turn, and uh, look to be starting a feud potentially with Dewdrop and Nikki Ash. But before that, on the way to Albuquerque, they made a wrong turn. And somewhere along the lines, there was something to the effect of a six-pack challenge, which to me, I still don't get the rules. I think it's just a gauntlet match, but hey, who's counting? Uh, Apparently, they were unhappy with the creative destination of everything going on. And to be quite frank, some are on the fence of yes, some are on the fence of no. Gentlemen, what do you think? And Will, we'll start with you because you have all the parameters in the background. 
Mm -hmm. What do you think? Ooh, this is there's a lot to this story. So I think we kind of got to set the table of what went down this week since it's all unfolded Monday out of nowhere and continued over into Tuesday. And it seems to kind of be simmering now. But as you were saying, Monday on Raw, mm-hmm. there was a uh, six-pack challenge announced that was supposed to be for the number one contendership to uh, Bianca's title on Raw. And it was going to have Sasha Banks and Naomi, the women's tag team champions. It was going to have Nikki Ash and Dewdrop mm-hmm. and Asuka and Becky Lynch were all going to be in the match. So a stacked main event for sure. And that was announced at the beginning of the show was going to happen. Had graphics up for it and everything. And then halfway through the show, they just kind of suddenly change gears and reveal that Naomi and Sasha have left the building and are no longer here. And suddenly the match gets changed to Becky and Asuka. So that was the first thing that caught me off guard. It's like they're acknowledging this on TV right Mm -hmm. right out of the gate. They acknowledged it happened. They had the six pack match announced and they changed the match and specifically said it was changed because Sasha Naomi left later on in the show. They mentioned it again. Right. And Corey Graves went so far as to say on commentary that they had unprofessionally left the arena. So raise some eyebrows there again as rumors started circulating about what the heck is going on. And sure enough, they weren't shown the rest of the show, but they, they absolutely acknowledged that this happened. So things get really interesting as soon as Raw goes off the air. Raw goes off the air and WWE sent out a press release. Oh. Now, this is not something that usually happens in this i would say unless it's a, a test failure or something of that nature but that evening they sent out a press release to the major wrestling outlets that everyone posted up and i'll, I'll read that off right now because i think the wording of this is interesting in a number of ways quote when sasha banks and naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's monday night raw During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talent Relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event, end quote. So, a lot in there. A lot in there. You that know, was really Monday quick, Night. Really quick, yeah, yeah. whatever happened to card subject to change? Remember that phrasing back in the old carny days uh-huh, when... Uh-huh. You know, they're advertising matches and all of a sudden you get the rug pulled out from under you. Well, shoot, how often on Raw do they have a match set up and it doesn't happen? That's like commonplace. This is not a uh, unusual occurrence. I guess it just happening in this way is an unusual occurrence. But um, maybe before we go further, let's let's stop here and kind of take all the first night in what happened that night between the reports them being mentioned on commentary this this statement what, what what do you think of the statement let's just get jamal in here because that statement has a lot of a lot of layers to it in my mind Correct. I, I think the interesting thing about the statement is them admitting that the show was rehearsed admitting that the match is put together admitting that they're contractually obligated to put on this show and obviously uh, if anybody's old enough to remember the you know get the f out promotion 
uh, when w when Vince McMahon told everybody that he's changing the company, had nothing to do with a uh, similar lawsuit, had nothing to do with a copyright, uh, a trademark dispute with the WWF, uh, World Wildlife Federation, had nothing to do with um, the Sports and Athletic Commission of Nevada and New York. No, no, no. Vince suddenly decided to change a 40-year-old company into a different direction and more of sports entertainment. And now, 20 years later, it comes out again on paper that they have to rehearse it and they have to do, you know, put the match together. And I thought that was really, really telling. Now, I didn't watch Raw because why would I? But it's also interesting to hear that, you know, they are acknowledging this on television. Um, they could have just completely blown it under the rug and say, you know, that, you know, uh, Sasha and Naomi, who they're not heels, are they? No, they're not. No, right. Uh, so they, they could have said like, hey, cards, you know, anything else other than what happened. Now, of course, because we do live in the era of controlling your narrative, WWE <laughs> does get out there in front to control the narrative and put it out there that they left them professionally, that this is a serious, you know, an egregious act and not necessarily going into the details of what that is. It's just that they left. Now, I think it's also telling that well, when Tony Storm did this, there was no press release. No. Mm -mm. Steve Austin? Was there a press no. release back then? No? They acknowledged it on TV, but sure, no press release. <laughs> no, it wasn't like a press release the night of. Yeah, no. And, okay, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, this isn't... They, Sasha and Naomi aren't reinventing the wheel by doing what they did. But this is the first time that I can think of in, in recent memory, definitely, where WWE has taken the initiative to call them out. And I wonder what their motive is behind that. Because, okay, fine, they call them out. But Ali asked for his release. They said, no, sit your ass down somewhere. Mm -hmm. Brody Lee asked for his release. They said, no, have a seat. Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy left. Walked out of a match. Literally walked out yeah. of a match. And all these other things came out. Where was his press release? We tried to give him a drug test. We tried to do all these things. He refused. We had to let him go. Where is his press release? So I think it is interesting, but certainly not coincidental that Sasha, who's had known or speculated issues before, mm -hmm. um, after WrestleMania, you know, her sabbatical and all this other stuff, um, Charlotte and Becky, their mm -hmm. um, title match fiasco uh, bullshit that happened. There was no press release after that. Now, was it? I, I just think it's interesting that this is the time and the moment is now that WWE decides to get on the offensive to control the narrative of whatever this situation is. And it's and it's just telling that they would do that now and not then. All of the injuries that are directly related to Nia Jax, there was no press release then. It was just, oh, shit happens. It's not ballet. We move on. No, that shit was apparent. So it, it really is why now? And and what do they what do they hope to gain by this? Because either way, they're under contract. And unless I see Sasha and Naomi doing an autograph sign at a Starcast at your know, or Referee and Ric Flair's last match coming up in July. We'll, I will have more of that in the news because tickets go on sale soon. I mean, the bottom line is, is that 
the ball is completely in WWE court, you know, literally and, you know, financially. So uh, for me, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, will Sasha and Naomi speak on this? Everybody else has but them. Uh, you know, what really was the evidence between for them to leave as abruptly as they did? Was it a contract dispute? Was it an actual, um, you know, creative differences with management? Um, did they realize that, you know what, it's 8 o'clock and the show's about to start, so we're not going to see Vince till midnight anyway. Let's roll. <laughs> I mean, like, if he, I mean, if, if Vince is so hands-on and he's at Raw and we need to talk to him and nobody else but him, oh, what the hell are we staying here for? Let's, let's, be, let's just be out. Let's just go drop off the belt with Laurinaitis and roll. Will they want so, the house shows? I mean, they, they, there's a lot of all these other things that, like, they chose to not uh, contractually fill their obligation on Monday. Mm-hmm. It is now Thursday. Will they be on SmackDown tomorrow? Right. Right. And I think, and, and, the, and another thing that popped up with that press release that I've never seen done before, beside having a press release, is the fact they mentioned their performer names and not mm-hmm. Trinity and Mercedes. Mm. Exactly. That's what jumped out at me. Mm. Normally, if it's a suspension or anything like that, where they put out like a release, they usually make a point of using the real name that portrays the character. It would definitely have said Mercedes or Trinity as opposed to Sasha and Naomi. Right. It reminded like me. Range. Right. Yep. Exactly. It reminded me a lot of, of when sports leagues do press releases. You know, the NFL or MLB, they'll if they're suspending someone or someone acted unprofessionally, they'll have some cockamamie statement saying Major League Baseball does not share the views of so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they will be dealt with accordingly. That's what this felt like. This felt like the sport league is basically taking it out on their talent, saying this is unbecoming of talent of WWE, and it will be addressed. So I was waiting for them to say there was a fine involved, you know, a non-case. Suspension or something. Yes. Actually, the arguably the second most telling thing for me is that they brought all of this up for what? Because there mm-hmm. was no ramification, no blowback uh, from WWE on the issue. So, what's the point of pulling back the curtain a long way? Yeah. Number one, uh, and number two, um, saying that they this is what their side of the story is without any ramifications for it. Mm-hmm. You say that they left. You say that they breached their they breached their contract, or they're expected to fulfill their contract. Well, they did not. Now what? What What do you do now? Are they going to pursue yeah. legal action? Do they want that money back? Do, will they have to pay restitution? Will they have to work overtime? I mean, th- this is a very interesting time that they put the effort into releasing a press release that night. Yeah, you know, hell, I think before the show was over. I think it was like yeah. what ten o'clock. Um, towards the towards the end of the night, yeah, yeah, like the show wasn't even over yet before the word about the press release went out, right? So it's it's definitely not the way they have typically ever conducted business, and that definitely stands out because hell, they're they're the kings of we just ignore crap publicly and pretend it's not even happening. Well, it's the universe, you know. If, if it doesn't yeah. happen within the universe, it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Or on the flip side, we've seen how they've done people like a CM Punk or Stone Cold when he took his ball and went home. Where if they're pissed at you, they will scorched earth your yes, ass, they will. like publicly, and they didn't do that either. So it's like they're doing something, but also on the scale of what they've done in the past, this is kind of mild. But that they're doing anything at all is just. It's not how they would think they would normally handle this thing. Like you said, Tony Storm is a recent one. Just there was not one word about it. 
Nope. She leaves. A, she disappears and just they didn't say nothing. It was like nothing was even happening. Jeff Hardy's whole thing, nothing. So, yeah, it makes me think, like Jamal was saying, that there's something they're trying to control, something they're trying to get ahead of, something. There's some other part of this that we just don't know yet. And I think that's a lot of the speculation from folks is that, like, there had to be something going on, and Monday it came to a head. It can't just be about Monday. There's got to be something more to it. But the mystery is, you know, what the heck actually could it be? <laughs> and there are a few reports out there. And the most prevailing one that I've come across is the one where allegedly in the six pack challenge, Naomi was supposed to be the one to win and be mm-hmm. the number one contender, you know, for, for uh, Bianca's title. Mm-hmm. And right. a big, a big point of contention was the fact that Naomi and Sasha allegedly, I'm saying allegedly, uh, vetoed that because they put so much time and effort into making the belts credible that they wanted to do a program with Dewdrop and Nikki Ash as another tag team to give a fresh face a chance as opposed to, you know, rehashing or splitting up tag teams, which WWE tends to do. You know, they bring up tag teams within three weeks of putting them together, especially within the women's division. So, and Sasha's been on this this end of the spectrum twice. Once with Bailey, allegedly with losing the titles to the Iconics at WrestleMania, supposedly, according to Ryan Satin, which we don't believe, but still, uh, pitching a fit on the floor. And now this. So, when Naomi, I mean, when uh, Sasha and Bailey first won the tag team championships, non-kayfabe admitted that this was important to them. These titles specifically were important to them. They wanted to make them relevant to, you know, to just show that it's not just the women's title. They also have tag team championships. So uh, Sasha wins them again and says, okay, you don't want me in the main event scene against Charlotte? Because originally she was supposed to be the one to challenge Charlotte. That never came to fruition. So now they put her in tag team for Mania. Okay, now they're the champs. So Sasha's like, give us some new talent to work with. That was vetoed. So Laurinaitis, potentially, splits them up and says, okay, Naomi, you're going to go over and you're going to challenge Bianca to lose a hell in the cell. Now, the other caveat I was hearing was that since they're the tag team champions, they were going to go over to SmackDown and Sasha was going to challenge Ronda at hell in the cell. Right. That's the alleged story going around that they were both going to be used as challengers for the respective women's titles on each show and for the Hell in a Cell show. Neither one would win. And mm-hmm. then they'd go back to being defending the tag titles in July. And so that using the like belt as a prop. Idea. Correct. Right, exactly. Which, which, I mean, given WWE's history of how they handle tag teams, I could absolutely well. see them doing this. It, it, the idea does not surprise me at all. And to think of to try to think like how WWE does, I could see them being like, "What do you mean you don't like this? We're putting you in with the champions. Right. You're not going to be doing this tag team thing. This is better." But that's not what they want. So that's where I think it gets interesting because I can absolutely see from the perspective of WWE them thinking, "We're doing you a solid. We're giving right. you both title matches, featured singles matches against the champions, as opposed to defending your tag titles against Dewdrop and Nikki Ash." So, so, so that, yeah. that's one, one thing that we haven't really touched on is the fact that the statement said that uh, they refused to work with uh, someone in that six pack uh, challenge match because, because, yeah, because they didn't feel safe working with them. Uh, not sure exactly what that meant. Not sure what that 
currently means because they've worked with everybody in the match itself. It's not like they brought in uh, somebody from NXT that they've right. never seen before. Yeah, no um, also, uh, and equally important is like, uh, I think that's a that's like a very dangerous thing to say as far as the um, the unwritten rules of wrestling goes. If you can't trust the person that you're working with, people get hurt. Um, and as we have seen, you know, Nia Jackson and other people, I mean, it, you know, you will get injured, but there's a difference between an oops and a, you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that also thing. So that's a really damaging thing to say to a person's character. And because this is a carny business, uh, character goes a long way. And I don't mean kayfabe, but I mean the character, who you are as a person goes a long way in building that trust or trusting relationship within the wrestling space. So if this is a smear job by WWE to say that these some bitches are unprofessional, they walked out on us, we gave them the belts, they gave them back, this shit is ridiculous. Okay, well, why make the statement? Let them walk out, fire them, and then sue them for breaching their contract. They'll, I mean, they'll be homeless within a week. Now, if that's the way you want to go about it, if you... Don't fire them. Sit their asses on the shelf. I don't know how long either of them have on their contracts, but I know they don't end tomorrow. So we'll never hear of them again. Uh, and, and then, of course, what does that mean for the contracts? If they walk out, does that mean an actual work stoppage and their contracts have paused until they've come back to work? What does that mean? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of... Um, questions that i have as far as the logistics of what this statement is this statement's intent is but also and more importantly uh you know there is the other side of the coin that we're not we have not heard from uh sasha banks we have not heard from naomi um and they're the only two people that i really want to hear from not their husbands not their grandmothers not dave fucking Meltzer. i want to hear from those two and this is the final question that you guys can take from here is let's say that everything that was said today is 100% absolutely true. We were flies on the wall. Right. Is that worth walking out on? Not because of the future. Is that like the 100% deal breaker? Fuck it. We're done. You can have your belt. We are out. If that's, that's a bridge that you can't really uh, repair. Once you light that bridge on fire, it has to burn. And it seems that they are in the process of burning that some bitch to the ground. <laughs> so then, then what, uh, you know, where do they go from here? And I don't mean in a, um, in a, in a wrestling sense, because they can do whatever they want. I mean, they're athletic enough. They're a, a known brand, a known commodity enough to go anywhere in the entertainment world that they want to go. Sasha's literally doing got Disney money coming in. Um, right. But since they have decided to uh, burn that bridge, as it seems right now, and of course wrestling also is a, is a money making business, so never say never. But since they've decided, since we are where we are right now, where do they go from here? And it kind of makes you wonder, considering what the um, what the result was of a burned bridge, uh, the cause of of getting the matches has to be something that we are just not hearing. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to believe that this is much bigger than a shitty match on Raw or a three-week program uh, you know, leading up to the next pay-per-view 
or going back to Saudi Arabia or the uh, millions of other one things that have happened over the course of the past 10 years of their contracts that they've had to deal with. They've done, they've dealt with worse on a Wednesday. Right. Why now? And then what about tomorrow? So I'm, I'm really waiting for the other shoe to drop. It, and that goes back to what your original statement at the beginning of this broadcast about was this just the straw that broke the camel's back? What, what else has been brewing behind the scenes that this was the time to, to, do, to down the hill, you know, the, the proverbial die on your hill moment. So Sasha's done this before where she's taken the ball and went home and took a sabbatical, a mental health sabbatical, because she didn't know who she was anymore and lost her Shawn Michaelsian smile at some point. So this is second time for her to do something like this. And to Jamal's point, yeah, she has Disney money, but I'm intrigued by Naomi. I'm intrigued by if it's true that she also said, yeah, bonk this. Maybe she's been frustrated with her own booking since she came back. Because I, I saw the story making the rounds of when she returned at the Royal Rumble 2021. Was it 2021 or 2022 where the the pop was extremely loud to mm-hmm. the point where there's like, oh, this is someone that the WWE universe wants to see pushed again. And they did nothing with her for a while. She was just insert into random tag team. I remember well, she, she, she lasted, was, I think, that year like an hour and then yes. went. She had the iron, the iron woman spot, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and, and they just shoehorned her in random tag teams. I remember she was once with Carmella in a tag team. Then she was with uh, Lana in a tag team. Briefly, her and Asuka teamed up at one point. So it's, where do I go from here? Am I, am I going to be put in the bloodline? Because everybody kept saying, why isn't Naomi in the bloodline already? Being that she's married. Literally <laughs> to, married into it. In bloodline. <laughs> so was this the straw that just said, bonk it? You know, I see Will's point also of, well, you're going up against the two main champions as champions. You're not losing your title. You're going to have great matches, hopefully, with both uh, Ronda as well as with uh, Bianca. Because to be quite fair, I would love to have seen Bianca versus Naomi if that's the route they were taking. And also, apparently in the story, we weren't going to have Sasha putting Naomi over that could have been a wrinkle that they might have balked at. Like why are we tag team partners, but we're doing the, the long-term split of having Naomi pin Sasha when they're still tag team champions during the six pack challenge. You could have easily sacrificed Nikki Ash. You do it for the whole, you've been doing it all this time. Why not just sacrifice Nikki ASH for it? But where was, where was the end point? Where was the straw that broke the camel's back? And I, I don't know if we're ever going to figure that out. I don't know if, if, well, the, I mean, the onion's going to get peeled enough for us to eat it, basically. When was Give Divas a chance? Was that five something years ago? Ooh, it's longer even by now. Yeah. yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels like, right. But remember, Naomi, never forget that Naomi and Cameron were like the topics of Give Divas a chance. Mm-hmm. So this has kind of been a boulder that Naomi specifically has been pushing uphill as WWE transitioned out of the Divas area uh, era into where they are now because of moments like give divas a chance where they were like, no, damn it. We're women. We wrestle. We're not doing, you know, Turkey gravy matches anymore. This is bullshit. And rightfully so. Um, the Jerry Lawler uh, days of, of women's wrestling are uh, far behind us. Rightfully so. But she was, th- she was at, you know, the center, if not close to the center of that, 
uh, that movement all those years ago. So I wonder, uh, maybe not this, this the straw that broke the camel's back, but maybe the light at the end of the tunnel went out. Uh, and I think that that's possible too, where if you just don't see a way forward, you don't go forward anymore. We're done here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's I think that seems to be the consensus for most folks that this ain't a money issue. It's a creative issue. And it's just a matter of what was the creative forecast for them beyond, you know, you're going to do these singles matches, assuming that's the case. And then after that, you're going to be a tag team still and you'll still be tag team champions and, you know, kind of go from there. And there maybe maybe their whole thought was like, well, if we're both going to get beat but still be tag team champions. Does that devalue us as a tag team? Does that disrespect us as the women's tag team champions? And I don't know. I mean, of course, in that horse, you know, you're going to have tons of people out there just want to chalk it up to, well, Sasha's got Hollywood in her eyes now, so she don't need this. So there's been a lot of talk, of course, this week that, that people want to paint her as the bad guy in the situation. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Sasha. Cause she's got bigger things to do. She's dragging Naomi into this. And I mean, who did we were not there? We don't know. We just know they left together. Who did, I think that's the big thing now is just, are we going to find out anything more about this? Are they going to show up tomorrow night on SmackDown? Are they going to show up next week? Who knows? Or is just, it's just going to be radio silence for a while from here. I think the only thing that's pretty definite is I don't see a damn chance that WWE just cuts bait on them. Like, oh, hell no. Know, not over this. Like, we no. know damn well that anything else, worse comes to worse. If there's like a real impasse here, I would assume they're going to freeze them out. But my thinking, if you ask me right now, is seeing how these situations go in the past with wrestlers, Stone Cold, whoever, Brock Lesnar, when he left the first time. Oh, yeah. We've seen, we have seen much worse of these situations and then being handled in much more nuclear ways. And the two sides always have come back together. So I think it's just a matter of some time, some cooling off, some reevaluating. I think we'll get there, but who knows how damn long it's going to take. So as long as Johnny Ace is there, who knows at this point, man, (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's like, he's like the, the disease that keeps coming back. (laughs) Yes. That monkey pox. (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. No, 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 (laughs) But I feel like, again, we'll we'll just see how it plays out. I didn't even think about SmackDown tomorrow, so that's going to be a kind of a a must see TV moment. And maybe they that's mentioned part of it again. Too. Well, you know? That was I was surprised because I thought they were like the SmackDown champions because I remember like they were all in blue and uh, Sasha. Well, the had women's the blue. champions can go to both shows. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was a bit confused as to like why they were suddenly on Raw, um, but okay, if that's the case, then so be it. Um, but that does kind of lead, you know, to to their point. If their point is to create a differences, well, you brought us to Raw to not do tag team wrestling things. You want us to, you want to pull us in a program. Uh, and I don't know when, um, you know, Hell in the Cell is, but I, I'm going to assume it's sometime next month. Um, no, sooner than later. Uh, but yeah, you're going to put us in a program for a few weeks and not be tag team champions. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, I can understand the point if that is their point, but it is kind of like, um, you know, why now? And more importantly to WWE, uh, again, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Like really? 
I don't know what they're doing, but I know what we're doing at the end of this break. And apparently we have to find out about a new promotion that Jamal can't wait to tell us about. Can't wait. W-E-S. <laughs> what is it? Find out on the other end of this break. Big Gold Bell Podcast. Our next partner has a product I use almost daily. AG1 from Athletic Greens is as close to a magic vitamin supplement as you can get and helps somebody like me who's constantly on the go. Maintain my optimal fitness and health levels as much as possible. So what's in this stuff you're going to wonder? 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right and help with all the digestive help you need. AG1 goes where I go. It goes to work with me, to the gym, or even when I'm covering events. Keeps me going when I need a boost because let me tell you, at the rate I go... I don't slow down for anybody, and this is the most helpful thing I can think of to help me get over that hump. Has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And for me, most importantly, supports better sleep and quality recovery because everybody who knows me knows I don't sleep a lot of hours because I'm always working, but it helps in the long run. Trust me on that one. Now, for you all wondering, I know what you're thinking. How much does it cost? It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than fueling your cold brew habit or going to Starbucks to get the Mocha Wata Evachino. Now's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Take it from me. It's a lot easier. And to make it easier on you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Trust me, you'll thank me later. Well, I can tell you from someone who takes Athletic Greens, it does what it says it does. Okay, it's not one of those fly-by-night products. It actually is a healthy product, so I am not lying when I tell you I do take it. Here on the Big Gold Bell Podcast, if you have a product yourself that you want us to promote on the show, feel free to hit us up, biggoldbelt.com, or on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff at the same address, Big Gold Bell Podcast or Big Gold Belt. Find us on social medias. Hit us up. We are open for business. But instead of us being open for business, apparently a new promotion that we need to keep our eyes on yep. is open for business that I've never heard of. But Jamal loves to do the indie spotlight, yep. to shine the light on talents we may not know about. So, Jamal, the floor is yours. So, uh, before you know, we get into the indie spotlight, which we'll, I will cover after this, I do oh. want to talk about this new um wrestling promotion happening out there in the uk uh nottingham england uh it's called wes not to be confused with nes but it's the wrestling entertainment series uh nintendo shouldn't have a problem with that and it's uh going to happen their very first show in nottingham at the motor point arena june 4th cool that's about two-ish weeks away uh the weekend after memorial day so three weeks away so cool great love to see new products love to see new talent now 
uh, the arena. We'll get to that in a second. The show itself is being led by the former uh, authors of Pain. And that's, oh. yeah, uh, that's uh, Gzim Selmani and uh, Sonny Denza, Occam and Razor, as you remember them. Uh, it's their series. Now, they're in the UK, or at least they're going to be in, they're running the show out of the UK. So good on them. Um, they've managed to secure for commentary uh, the former Aiden English, Matthew Raywald, and uh, Jonathan Coachman. Pretty damn good commentary team. Spend some coin to fly him over to England. Yeah, uh, Coachman can't there. be coming cheap. Right. Yeah, coach isn't cheap, no. Yeah, Coach <laughs> works for CBS. I mean, he's he's got some clout. He's the coach. So he's going over to England uh, to, to call the match. Now, they've released the card. I like the card. And I will be watching this one fight. Mike Bennett with Maria Kanellis mm-hmm. uh, versus Biff Busick, known as Oni Lorcan in WWE. Uh, Dirty Dango versus Levis Valenzuela Jr., also known as No Way Jose. I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this at all. But that's four guys that they had to fly over to England. So it's interesting that they they aren't using any local talent that I know of. Uh, They have a women's tag team championship match because they bought belts. Uh, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood versus Deanna Parazzo and Chelsea Green. Okay. Hmm. More All talent names. that they had to fly over. Not cheap. Um, you have in a, a triple threat match, uh, Killer Cross uh, versus Samurai Del Sol, used to be Kalisto, and uh, Jonah Rock, used to be Bronson Reed. Also names. That's going to be an interesting match. They have a tag team champion uh, championship match, which would be uh, Gazim and Sonny Denza versus uh, Westland Blake, Weston Blake and Steve Macklin. That was Wesley Blake and Steve Culler, if you're right. familiar with them in, in NXT versus the Authors of Pain. I'm not mad at this at all for their first show uh, ever. Now we get to the main event, and there's a co-main event. There's a women's championship, and the women's championship is going to be Lena Fanene versus Catherine Joy Perry. Oh, my. oh no! It's a total divas explosion. No, <laughs> no. That's that's your metro main event. That's the main event. That's the co-main event, and I hope and I pray to whoever England believes in that it's a sixty-minute time limit. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be an Iron Woman match. What is please. the budget for this show that they're flying? What is the budget people? for this show? Because they're flying. Everyone over. I can't imagine. That you know damn well guys... Lana's coming. You know Lana's coming first class. Her and her and Naya. There ain't no way they coming over, Coach. Well, well, this is the thing. Not only are all of them coming over, I'd be damned if every single person on this uh, this card just happened to be in country, working events, and had a, had a weekend off in Nottingham to make the show. That's what I'm wondering as well. Were they I mean, already I'd, I'd booked to be in, in in the UK at that point? Yeah, all of them. All of them. Uh, another match that I didn't mention was uh, Dean Mutati, a local guy, um, formerly known as Mojo Riley, versus Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado. I haven't seen Mojo since he left uh, left WWE, so I'm interested to see what he does outside of the um, WWE because I don't think he was on the Indies. Uh, and if he did, I didn't see him. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. And we know that Lince can go. 
ask Lizzie uh, Izzy's uh, father. So um, <laughs> it's it, the, so the idea is, could he carry him through this match? I think he obviously should. But the bottom line is, is that this is an interesting matchup. Now the main event. I don't know this guy because I'm not into um, MMA at all. But the main event is going to be Alistair Overeem. Uh, that is not a name that I know, but apparently uh, this guy was, uh, you know, made some like Colin, Colin Cowherd type statements against pro wrestling. It's fake. It's lame. It's it's all these other derogatory things until the money came in. And now he's taking the check and he made a main event and, and he's main eventing against Mr. Control Your Season and himself. <laughs> Braun Strowman. Oh, God. What a show. What a show and a half. Now, I know you're wondering. I know that you're wondering because you're not going to be able to book a flight over to Nottingham in time. I know. That you, yes, it will be on fight. Uh, you know, go get your go get your get your reservations in now. But if you are in England, if you're listening to us in England, please, please go to the show and send us pictures. But the question now is, how much does it cost to get into the building? Now, that's why I want to talk about the building itself. Uh, the Nottingham Motor Point Arena is in downtown Nottingham. Cool. It's the um, the local big arena down there. This is not a college arena. This is not um, a playhouse that was converted with a wrestling ring in it. It's a 10,000-seat hockey arena. Oh, right. They got Alistair Overeem coming. They can't play around. <laughs> so and I, and I hope that means something to somebody. I hope somebody in 2000, 2000 UFC it would. So maybe about 15 years ago it might yeah. have. But yeah, well, I, you know, these days some, I don't know. Yeah, there's some there's some meathead out there that just wet his pants. And good on you, sir. I don't know who this guy is, but I'll be damned if they didn't fly over their entire card. I'll be damned if they didn't fly over the entire commentary team. And they booked a major arena in downtown Nottingham that's a 10,000 seater. Who in the blue hell do they expect to come if your main event is Nia Jax versus Lana for the Women's Championship and Alistair Overeem versus Braun Strowman? <laughs> it's like they took like the 2015 NXT roster. That's what I was just, thinking. And they're dropping them in and they're adding a UFC guy. That's essentially what it is. Because think about it. Most of these talents on this card have been in NXT at some point during right, the Authors of Pain. Those people were there when Authors of Pain were there. Exactly. Outside of right. like Lana, who was already on the main roster. But for the most part, it's people who were there and their contemporaries from the Performance Center. At the which, time. which I guess, now that you mention it, is kind of why I'm so interested. Because for real, this is kind of like a low-level takeover show. Yes. I mean, this, like these NXT matches... like NXT UK light. Yeah, th these matches on paper don't look that as bad as they seem. I do think that Lana versus uh, Nia Jax will either be an absolute car crash into a school bus full of children bad, oh. or not as bad as you think. I mean, this could be, it could be like that cake that looks horrible, looks like a shoe prints in it, but it actually turns out to be pretty good. <laughs> they, they, you know, just need to work on the presentation. Um... I don't think it's going to be as bad as people remember it. And people like to rag on both of them. So to put them both together versus literally anybody else in England, and there's a lot of indie talent in England or, or Europe for, for that matter, uh, or hell, even the America, because they flew everybody else over. Um, it's just interesting to see that 
this is uh, that's that's what they decided to go with. Now, it's ten thousand seats uh, for hockey. Um, I would assume that they would probably do seventy five hundred uh, to eight thousand eight thousand ish seats uh, for the wrestling show. Um, AEW runs similar size arenas, and they underbook the arena for maybe five to six thousand uh, when they're in these you know college arenas uh, for. Pay-per-view in, in Orlando, for example. Uh, that was a college arena, barely 9,000 seats. They booked it for 7,500. I would assume that this place is set up the same, which also leads me to believe that what will it look like? This is not going to be an indie show with just banners and, you know, the um, Asanyo TV hanging above the ring like old school Ring of Honor. Asanyo TV. Oh, yeah, they had it. It was a 50-inch. i never forget it. Um, but they've what is the budget? Who's who's backing who's this? Rolling this. That's my right. first question. Right. Who is bank? Who is backing this event? Well, the answer may be you, because <laughs> the cheapest tickets are thirty-five pounds. That's about fifty bucks. And that's wow. the cheapest ticket. The cheapest tickets, and price F. And I'm going to go to the the one-to-one conversion right now. And this is from XE.com, and I use them for all of my uh, conversion shenanigans, uh, UK pound, and that is 3349 GBP, uh, $41 in a straight conversion. For the cheapest um, tickets in the building. That's the cheapest American. tickets in the, in the, in the building. Uh, the next price up is 40 pounds. So 40 pounds is uh 50 bucks. Okay. Um, okay, now we got we gotta know. So if you if, if you gotta be front row for this spectacle, if you gotta be down there VIP, what what yeah. are they asking? Now I'm gonna now, I'm gonna skip over the other prices range because you know we're yeah. you know if Brock Lesnar guy time. wants to go over there, how much is he paying? I'll get to that in a second. Oh no, the, he's on the card, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't be surprised if Conrad is having Starcast over there. Oh God, uh, dang it! Uh, via, uh, this is not not actually not VIP, but price A seating, price oh, A seating, close to the ring, not floor seats. Price A is a hundred and fifty pounds and forty seven pence. So that's one five one five zero forty seven, and that is a hundred and eighty seven dollars. Yo. Two bills. It gets better. And you're not on the floor yet. <laughs> We're not done. We're not done. VIP floor seats and merch. Now, I don't know exactly oh, what merch that is means. included. Okay. You might get a control uh, your seasonings pack. I don't in. know. I don't know. I mean, because. It's a protein you know, powder that uh, Shear uses. It's fine. I don't know. Uh, that's 207 pounds, 47 pence. So 207, 45 is 258 are you kidding me my god it gets better we need a full report for this show folks out there listening we need a full report better vip meet and greet includes signed merchandise and meeting your favorite stars now the floor seats and merch is 207 pounds which is about 258 dollars right Mm -hmm. How much do you think the VIP meet and greet, which includes signed merchandise and the meet and greet cost? 
uh, in either English or uh, American dollars. I'm thinking an even 300 American. Yeah, th- 300 or more. It's got to be like, I'm thinking between three and 350, the way this has been jumping. Okay, okay. Uh, we said 300, we said 350. Uh, it is 315 pounds. Oh, no. Oh, no, just pounds. So now I convert it. $393.58. Yo. Oh, my God. I need to pay $400 to see the the 200. The, what did you call it, Will? The class of NXT 2015? Pretty much. Oh. Oh. So, so let's, That's just, let's just let's just round it off. Four hundred bucks for the for the Diamond Jubilee package. Um, you know, three ninety three <laughs> and some change to see per your co-main event, Nia Jax versus Lana and Strowman versus Alistair Overeem. Wow. I hope they burn the Amazing. goddamn house down. Watch this be t- it's funny because I've been to Schmozzy events like this in the past. I can see the co-main events being made into a, a tag team match player. Oh, so, mixed tag. A mixed tag player. So we're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker in England. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, they, they are, um, this is on the um, website for the arena is where I'm getting the prices from. This is on the uh, their Twitter page um, at WES Official TV. Um, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I'm just, you know what? I know how much you spent for WrestleMania. I know that people are desperate to go to double or nothing. Fuck all that. $400, $400. We got Braun. We got Alistair Overeem. I'll be watching on fight. Amazing. I won't it be watching on fight. I'm going to have y'all let me know how that goes because I want to know the ticket sales. So anyone who's who's crazy enough to go, our friends overseas, shout out to what culture. If they're going, let me know. How much how much of the building was sold? Because remember, Jamal, we've talked about how AEW, you know, they'll tarp off stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and they'll Very advertise that way. You know, it's like, oh, we sold 5,000 tickets, but only 3,000 were available. Something no, I mean, to, I mean, some, to be fair, like they've sold 5,000 tickets out of a 10,000 seat building, which means that the car camp side had nobody on it. Had no one in it, especially those no. early Garland shows. I could tell you from yeah. experience, like yeah. it was all tarp so off. So there would be three, four, five sections completely empty with a couple of stragglers in it and then the rest of it per tv was uh packed to the rafters and that's cool it's still five thousand people but the building holds 12 that's not 50 percent so this building holds 10k correct it holds ten thousand for hockey so and you're thinking and we're thinking maybe they're gonna sell 7500 tickets i'm I'm thinking a sellout of 7500 uh because i'm assuming that they're going to cut off the back end for the stage the the lights the, the 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 trestles and everything like that. I mean, if you're flying in con- uh, yeah, talent such as Mojo Rowley and Fandango, then <laughs> obviously they've spared no expense. They got coach on commentary. They got coach on commentary. And they got Strowman with his seasonings in the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they rented the hockey arena. This isn't the Knights of Columbus. I don't know if they have that over there. But the idea is, this isn't some bingo hall. It's some pub. This is downtown I'm Nottingham. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I need to, I need pictures. I need so all the pictures. so. Let's let's do an over under here, like our like our high low cameo back in the day. Okay, 
what do we all think the selling of tickets is going to be? How many tickets do you think they're going to sell? Let's just, let's go there. Let's start with you, Jamal. I'm I'm going to say because it's England mm-hmm. and because that is a different culture. Um, the, I mean, not that they don't love wrestling everywhere else that they love wrestling, but England has kind of been gutted by WWE. Sure. Let's not forget that. And they haven't really rebounded uh, in the British wrestling scene since. And they're still trying to make that work. And now a new company has come in with, with some names. There are some matches that are of, of interest. Sure. Yes, we did goof on the main event a bit, but you know, you've never seen it before. And there's a lot of questions behind what will these people look like outside of the WWE system. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more optimistic and say that they're gonna pull in 4,200. Okay, 4,200. Mm. And, and 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 we're setting the max capacity at 7,500. Yeah, I have it at 7,500. Okay, cool. So I think that's I think half full. I think they can do half. Okay. Okay. Well, and nobody said ring right. though. $400. That's great. <laughs> now, that'll be the big thing to see if they adjust these ticket prices. They start the high, but then as showtime gets closer, you get two for ones going, or, you know, they gotta lower down those VIP packages. Who knows? Just to get people in the building. God, I think there's a huge barrier of entry right out of the gate, and I think right. that's going to hurt them. But, yeah. God, they get, assuming they get their act together and they drop some of these prices, they make things more reasonable as they get closer to showtime. Nobody's bringing a family for 50 bucks a pop. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm going to go a little lower, but I think they're going to get desperate at the end and they'll get some people in there. I'm going to go, you went 45. For some reason, I'm thinking 3,200. I think they're going to get just <laughs> over three. But it's going to be at the very last minute and they're going to take a bath. There's going to get walk up. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that it's that's respectable be because like, the, my biggest question is I haven't seen Authors of Pain since they left Paul Ellering. Mm-hmm. And that's shit. That's 2015 ish. Right. Isn't um, he going I, to be there as well? I, what I read. I, I don't know. I'm not seeing it on the website. I'm not seeing that in the ticket information, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Um, the only thing that, you know, they have a big countdown clock on their website, 15 days, five hours. So uh, two weeks from tomorrow, the question is, what will it look like? And I'm not convinced that this is the worst show ever. Yes, no. the main event notwithstanding. However, I, I just don't know. There's just so many things that I don't know about what this will look like. And uh, the Authors of Pain, who I, who I think we can all say that we generally liked when they were mm-hmm. doing their thing at NXT, yeah, maybe not Raw so much, but um, I don't know this Overeem guy, so he looks like another big meathead. They could have gotten Moose, um, but... You know, they didn't. They got the British moose. Um, so versus Braun, and then we haven't seen Braun too many times um, outside of WWE. Um, and, you know, people don't take control of your season as seriously. Um, you know, Killer Cross, you know, did a thing. And I'm really interested to see uh, Kalisto. So I'm I'm high on the event. But then again, I'm only paying $10 for it on fight. Right. So, that, I, and, I, that, and that for me will be the other telltale sign is how many people actually tune in on fight to watch this because i how i much, think it would be that two to day one. how much buzz is there going to be yeah. correct i think the Even easy money is to curious. shit on it but realistically mm-hmm. there is something here of course there is if you just yeah. go by names alone there is something there it's the yeah. price point someone's got deep the pockets that question who, is just who who is who, i mean you know i mean you, you thought that like con coming out of nowhere uh with 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 his money well we know where that money comes from 
who is bankrolling this? Um, it's uh, June 4th at uh, 1930. <laughs> well. um, no, June 4th, 730 p.m. local time, which means that that is um, five. No. Three, two o'clock, two thirty Eastern. So, OK. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. So I'll throw myself in here and I'll say I'm going under three thousand. Oh, wow. I think it's going to be mostly walk up because those prices are ridiculous because day of show, they're going to have to lower those, those prices. Cause I've been to schmozzy Indies like that, where they were charging $200 for a front row seat because they had Shotzi, Nicole Savoy and a couple of other people before they made it to WWE or before they appeared on WWE television and day of the show, it went 50%. So mm. I, I'm looking to see 3000 people. If we have a 7,000, you know, uh, seat arena, no more than 3000 people. And and I and I'm thinking two thirds of it is walk up. So right. I have it written down. We'll come back to it after the event, yep. and we'll compare numbers Check and see back what in two happens. Weeks. Check back in two weeks. So I won't be going. I don't. None of us will be going. <laughs> I wish. But I know who. I know someone who's going somewhere else, and that's Stephanie McMahon. She is going, not to England, not not to Nottingham. She's leaving WWE on a leave of absence. Now this came up rather quickly right before showtime that she admitted that she is taking a leave of absence to focus more on her family. Now, Will, if you can pull up the actual statement. Yeah. I was going to pull up her tweet right now. And apparently the rumor going around is uh, this is how everybody found out, even those in the company was just out of nowhere. She dropped this four hours ago Mm -hmm. stating quote, as of tomorrow, I am taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus on my family, end quote. So that went up at 4.30 on the dot. So that's wild. I mean, like like we 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 were discussing this before the show, the idea that she's dropping this on a Thursday afternoon at the end of the day and tomorrow's Friday, it's just like, boom, hey, I'm out. (laughs) So something is uh, going on with Stephanie. So the joke here is, and we can get into the serious aspects of potentially what's wrong, but here's the joke, considering what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Wasn't she the creator of the women's revolution? So maybe she's just created women's wrestling. She's just (laughs) taking the Sasha and Naomi news hard and making a stand and standing with her fellow women's wrestlers. So that that's the joke that I'm thinking the reason why. And then you, my friend, Will, tweeted about a certain con, not Tony, but right, right. Collecting collecting titles like job titles within WWE and power like it's Infinity yeah, yeah. Stones like he's dead. Yeah, the only other the only other news so far to come out of it, uh, Brandon Thurston reports that uh, Nick Khan will be taking over most of Stephanie McMahon's duties <laughs> in her absence. According to multiple people at WWE, select business partners have already been informed. So Nick Khan continues to gain power, collecting the Infinity Stones, getting all the different experience he can to eventually be able to be there with Vince and just be like, look, I already know how to do everything. I've done every job here except yours. So I, it, it could just be as simple as, Hey, we know what happened last year with, 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 with triple Hunter. H mm-hmm. it could just be family. They got daughters that are getting older. Could just be a family thing. She needs a break. I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, damn, Stephanie has been working there professionally since she got out of college. Like yeah, nonstop. I mean, 30 years at least. 
Yeah. So I can't even imagine like the, like, like the idea of like, she's going to take a break. I mean, hell good for her. And she makes it very clear that she's not like departing. She's, you know, she said, says as she worded it, you know, she's going to uh, take a step back from most of her duties. So she's obviously still going to be involved in some aspect, but I guess, you know, the question becomes how long and, what might be going on if it involves, you know, anything else? And of course, oh, immediately had people starting to think, like, you know, oh, must have something to do with them selling the place. <laughs> you know? right. so, who knows? We always keep getting those rumors these days. Anything happens in WWE, but a McMahon stepping away for a bit, especially Stephanie, who has not done that before, like her brother Shane has. That's always going to be a story. So I'm, I'm curious, but also I'm not the way it's worded. I'm not alarmed. I don't think it's anything crazy it's just something's up something's up and she needs some time but which is fine you know people people take sabbaticals from work all the time they take time away to be with their loved ones and families for whatever reason it could just be that like hey man i'm burnt out i need to take a quick quick break but i know jamal had some some points he wanted to make regarding you know some of the projects stephanie was involved in before stepping away so jamal remind us what were some of those projects well, she is the chief brand officer who, you know, and, and that's among um, a lot of her responsibility. That's the chief of responsibilities. Uh, but she also had taken outside projects, too, to branch WWE with uh, evolving audiences around the world, including the esports club phase. Um, she was like a marketing manager for them. Um, she's uh, has a couple of other, you know, women's empowerment groups that she's a part of. Um, you know, marketing management for them. So long and short of it is, is that, yes, her duties with WWE, um, in what capacity will that step, will she step down? Is she, does she have three phones that she's given back to and only answering one? Um, That's kind of what it seems like to me, where she's kind of just working from home um, and and given, delegating a lot of her duties to someone else, probably Nick Khan. Uh, As far as, other reasons, you know, you don't really need a reason to, to take a step, to take a break. I mean, Stephanie's 45. Um, she's been doing this thing professionally for 20 years, but she's in, been in and around the business all of her life. So, and she's done it all. Uh, orange Green Talent, champion, uh, you know, went behind the scenes, writer. Um, you know, she's, she's done what there isn't too much that she hasn't done in the building. Right. Uh, and that's another thing also when we talked about uh, the light at the end of the tunnel fading, you know, maybe she realizes that or is un- or is at peace with the fact that she's not going to be the successor to Vince. And that light has faded. So she's going to st- take a step back and enjoy her, the, her kids, teenage or college uh, age years. So, you know, however that works out with her family. Let us not forget the Triple H had a health scare uh, not too long ago. Um, that has also he physically uh, put his boots and hung his boots up in the ring, and that was a thing that happened uh, very quickly because of the nature of the events. But uh, you know, that's what it is. So um, a lot of things in her life at her age, you know, staring down the the barrel of a fifty years old, um, you know, kind of puts things into perspective and. I think it is uh, important for your mental health, and that's something that we talk about a little bit on the show, is for your mental health, know what you can and can't handle, um, and accept the things that you can handle, and don't bother with the things that you can. you got to prioritize, and maybe her priorities have changed 
as they do as we evolve as humans um, to the, the home and, and family life more. And also, more importantly, she is uh, has been on the road, you know, with the company for the past 20 something years. Uh, the wrestling business is a traveling business and uh, her taking a little bit more time at home does make sense. Now, I don't know how old her kids are. I know she has three of them um, and Triple H is, you know, 50 ish. So it makes sense. I don't look I don't, I'm not looking into anything nefarious with it. I don't think this has anything to do with any talent. Um, I, I think that, you know, uh, Shane left quietly and left, left. He was done with the business and then he came back. Um, she's not even leaving. She's just uh, taking a leave of absence from most of her duties, which means that she is still going to be working, but not handling 99% of the uh, issues that she would normally, the fires that she would normally put out. So it happens, you know, she's in a privileged position to do so. Not everybody is afforded the ability to just walk away uh, without recourse and walk back to your job when you're ready. And honestly, more companies at every level should. Um, and I know that's another thing, too. And just thinking about it, we don't know what effect the pandemic had on her physically, personally and with her family. Um, everybody, the pandemic hit everybody differently. And maybe we're on the other side of it. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're telling ourselves that we are. Maybe we're not. But the bottom line is, is that her reality could have changed. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the health scares and the public things that we know about aside. But personally, her reality could have changed as a result of the pandemic. And now that she's in a position where she has her footing again. She says, for this space, for me, I need to change my trajectory uh, as a businesswoman. So good on her for recognizing that and doing it. Looking at the calendar, it just made me think of what you were saying there, Jamal. It could be as simple as her being like, you know what? Kids are getting older. Kids are getting out of school. I want to take this summer. I want to spend some time with the kids this summer and just kind of be with the family for, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I'm sure she's like, hey. I can, I've earned taking a couple months and I'm going to come back, you know, in August. Or and something. also, and also yeah. a small wrinkle is that this is the lean time of WWE before we get to SummerSlam. So what's she really missing? So yeah. she ain't really missing much. season's done. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is probably the perfect time to take a sabbatical and just say, all right, I'm just going to catch up and be a mom and be a wife. And, and that's okay. Yeah. So, good. you know, good luck to her. And, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if she's missed when she comes back, if there's a pop for her or not. I miss her. Well, because she created women's wrestling. Of course, Goddamn she right she did. But, but unfortunately, folks, we didn't create women's wrestling, but we need to create the ending of the show. Jamal, really fast, 30 seconds or less. What news you got? So uh, I'm going to take this 30 seconds to tell you that the news is you need to be at Modern Age Grappling down there in Georgia this weekend. Uh, it's Baron Black and Jonathan Gresham's their show. Uh, mm-hmm. They put on Terminus, which I did like. They put on two of those in Terminus. Three should happen sooner than later, but Gresham had an injury. He had a concussion. concussion. He was mm-hmm. doing many dates for AEW and Impact. And, you know, now that his uh, wrestling life is a little bit more settled, he says the Terminus is going to be on the on the rise. But the bottom line is that this Sunday, May 22nd, it is uh, Modern Age Grappling at the Underground Fight Factory in Hampton, Georgia. Uh, you can get your tickets at uh, Eventbrite. Uh, check them out on the Twitter machine at you know, Terminus Pro. Uh, and some of the matches that I think are going to be interesting, of course, is uh, Josh Woods versus Real Ferrara, uh, Invictus Cash, who's you see, may have seen in AEW and in previous Terminus shows versus Jonathan Gresham, um, Adam Priest versus 
uh, Baron Black. And the only other match that's uh, mentioned is Brian Johnson versus Red Titus. And I think that that's interesting because they're doing at least four advertised matches in a show. Now, the Eventbrite ticket says the show is two hours. So what gives? How are they doing four matches in two hours? In the description on Eventbrite, it says matches will be contested under pro wrestling rules with a twist. Matches will be broken up into six rounds of five-minute segments with a 30-second break given to contenders between rounds. Time limits will be strictly adhered to. So it's it's giving me you know mid to late 80s world of sport vibes, British wrestling rule vibes. Um, I am interested to see how well the rules uh, will be adhered to because that was the thing with Terminus. They were stickler for the rules. So I'm really, really, really hoping that that you know kind of see what that those little wrinkles in the rules leads to. So that's modern age grappling this weekend on Sunday, May 22nd, Underground Fight Factory in Hampton, GA, or catch it on fight. Um, we'll talk Ric Flair next weekend, but his but you can get tickets for his last match at Ric Flair's last match.com because God. subtlety is key. It's gonna be <laughs> July 31st in Nashville. Tickets go on sale. May 27th. Um, and that's going to be a part of StarCast. Because, you know, he knows Conrad. Uh, so that's going to be a part of StarCast. Ric Flair's last match versus to be determined. Because apparently Ricky Steamboat said, no, nah, we're not doing that. He's like, no, nah, so, we're good. Nah, we're good. <laughs> um, you, don't want that on him. you don't want that on him. You don't want that on his conscience. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they might get a fly in the uh, office of pain. I don't know. Because, oh, you God. know, <laughs> Man, Alistair What's Barry Windham doing? Let's get Barry yeah. Windham in there. You know, who knows? It's fine. Who knows? But um, you know, we we run it short on time, so I won't I won't keep it too long. But um, uh, yeah, modern age grappling this weekend looks like an interesting show with some interesting rules. Uh, you know, we talk about Ric Flair. We'll talk about Kevin Nash's podcast, which started up in July. Um, and then of course we'll talk about why Hangman Adam Page uh, should not be booked from behind anymore. There's so much to cover next week. And we'll have to get to it next week. But that's it for me and the news. And that, my friends, has been the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Find us on all your social medias at Big Gold Belt all across the board. BigGoldBelt.com. If you're interested in us promoting your product or show or entertainment venue or what have you, maybe we can sell WES out for you. (laughs) Hit us up again, like I said, on social media at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. And I will catch you next week. But I really